0: Welcome to Coffee Con Trails. This is Night Calls by Anita Dime. You guys get many late night calls? Officer Wright asked as he escorted forensic specialist Cindy Pruitt from the police van. His flashlight cast a halo about his feet, and he pulled at his jacket collar to shake off the chill. It's the norm, I'm afraid, she responded, clicking on her own flashlight. Passing his squad car along the muddy path, he lifted the yellow crime scene tape as they entered the secured area. You arrest anyone yet? We're holding a cousin for questioning, but no, not yet. Family has been notified and arrived several hours ago. He nodded toward the small, distraught crowd, monitored by two policemen they've been demanding to see the bodies cindy tied back her hair her light dancing within the tree's canopy for a moment well they'll have to wait they began their slow trek into the woods the dampness of the decaying leaves the chill air cindy pulled out a kleenex wiped her red nose and shoved it back into her pocket "'Stay along the path,' Officer Wright cautioned. "'This section has been combed through for trip wires. "'Jason is on it, ex-military. "'He's scouting around the backside of the trailer now.' "'So what's the deal?' she asked. "'This couple, male, 25, female, age 20, "'supposedly cooking meth out here. "'Meth heads are notorious for booby traps.' And it's just one of the problems we've had getting into the scene. They had reached the front of the single-wide 1970s Fleetwood Mobile Home Trailer. It had a bluish-gray exterior with black decorative shutters. Three old tires held down a black tarp on the roof as sludge slowly slopped off the corner, landing on the front stoop. The trailer was elevated about a foot and a half above the ground, and there was a break in the paint-peeling lattice. As Officer Wright knelt, shining his light across the ominous underbelly, two pairs of green eyes shone back, and a guttural growl erupted with a barrage of barking. Cindy pulled her black beady use at the knee as she squatted alongside of him. Engaged, Biddle flung from the beast's lips as each German shepherd advanced and retreated in turn, protecting the body. Cindy's light caressed the crown of the young woman's forehead. Tendrils of blonde streaked brown hair stuck to the woman's face, framing her pierced temple. There in the light was one pristine dime sized abrasion ring. After the night was done, the report would read, white female, 5'6", brown eyes with teardrop tattoo at corner of right eye. From the looks, it was an experienced shooter, said Officer Wright. And the dogs? Animal control services are on their way to deal with the dogs, said Officer Wright. Come on, I'll show you her husband. They rose and walked the perimeter of the trailer. Overgrown blackberry bushes hugged the edges of their light, while odds and ends of discarded, battered furniture and trash scattered about the yard gained brief focus along the way. At the back, the globular porch light pinged with bugs. A steel hand truck stood erect beside two green burn barrels. One had two feet protruding from it, a white tube sock, dog-eared, dangled from the left foot. Cindy stifled her gag reflex. The stench from around the can was intolerable. "Here, have some of this." Officer Wright pulled out a small canister of Vicks vapor rub, popped the lid, and offered her some. She swiped a bit and smeared it beneath her nose, wiping the excess on her pants. With the heat from the past few days, he's pretty much jellied inside. Wright turned his back on it. He turned his back on it all and stared out into the darkness of the woods. The lake is maybe 20 miles down the road from here. I'm thinking whoever did this planned to dump the bodies, but either got interrupted or discovered it's much harder in real life than in the movies and bailed. Right, I noticed the interior lights are off, and this one here is on. We didn't want to touch anything, responded Officer Wright. But we did go inside to make sure there wasn't anyone hiding, so you're safe to enter. Okay, thanks. I want to get my gear and suit up, then let's go inside and get this done. They returned to the vehicle's. As they approached, one of the other officers advanced. The deceased's cousin is getting a little antsy. What do you want me to do with him? The officer asked. Cindy, I'm going to question this guy. I'll meet you inside later. If you need anything, give Officer Kinsman here a shout. With respect, Kinsman nodded at her. Cindy suited up gathered her toolbox and camera, and headed back to the trailer's front door. Searching the front porch with her light, she climbed the three steps and paused to slip on her elastic boot covers. As she leaned over to pull on the second one, a glop of goo slipped off the roof and landed on her back, startling her. Ah! She called out. It's gonna be like that, is it? She shook it off and propped open the door. One silent... I watched her enter, a white, wall-mounted security camera. The room was dark. She flicked the light switch by the door a few times, nothing, and proceeded to scan the room with her flashlight. Towards the front of the house were stacks of magazines all things outdoors and sex, the plastic garbage bags of empty aluminum cans pressed up against and blocking the lower half of the front window. She cautiously crossed to the floor lamp beside the 80s style sofa and turned it on. Pastel with enlarged padded headrests and matching arm covers, the sofa took up the length of the main wall. Slashed and worn, The stuffing spilled out in a few places, dog hair everywhere. A bong looked as if it might have been kicked over on someone's way to the kitchen. The 70s marred coffee table had four pillars, one at each corner, and a decorative cubby with metal door poles in the center. Splintered cuts were along one edge, as if someone had repeatedly taken a machete blade to it. An overflowing ashtray with marble cigarette butts and a few porn magazines were scattered about the toppled empties. The curled back pages of April spread wide to the ceiling. With gloved hands, she lifted the upright cans, four of which were half or nearly empty. An enormous TV took up the rest of the room, and kneeling at the foot of its throne was a crusted blood stain that appeared to have drained through the white slats of the floor vent. There was a blood trail to the back door. She began her methodical process of labeling, taking photos, bagging and sealing evidence, and marking her initials and in permanent marker with each closure. She dusted and lifted prints, especially the doorknobs, beer cans, and any cookware out in the kitchen. Resting for a moment, she took a closer look at the stuff on the wall near the back door. There was a framed family photo with everyone in Christmas best. It was a stark dichotomy of the president. This had been a family once. From another frame, smiled the young woman's husband in his DSMC dress blue uniform, and a second photo of him arm in arm with a buddy in olive PT drab. The last photo was the couple's wedding day short-lived, cake-smeared laughter. Look, I just came back to get something. James fidgeted with his sleeve. He sat sideways in the back seat of the opened patrol car, elbows resting on his knees, Officer Wright opened his notepad and began taking notes. So you're Matt's cousin? Yeah, that's right. And what did you come back to get? Asked Officer Wright. I just wanted to pick up my Xbox game, Call of Duty. You find it? Officer Wright moved in front of James. So you came by to play video games? No, I came by to pick up my game. We had played a couple nights ago. James's tone flattened in annoyance. Cops never listen. A couple nights ago, Wright slowly read aloud as he wrote it down. The pace was intentionally making James uncomfortable. And is that the last time you saw your cousin Matt and his wife Amanda alive? James's eyes darted back and forth. "'landing through the window glass at the small crowd in the distance. "'Officer Wright also looked. "'Is there someone else we should be talking to? "'Another member of the family, maybe?' "'James paused, thinking it over. "'No, I'm just thinking how it's going to hit everyone.' "'He looked up at Wright, paused for a bit more. "'Well, yes, I mean, yes, probably Amanda's sister.' "'I was here a couple days ago over the weekend. Uh, "'We were just hanging out. "'Who's we? Who was hanging out?' "'Matt, Amanda, and me,' responded James. "'Amanda's sister was here too that night?' asked Wright. "'No, I mean, it would make sense to talk to Emily, Amanda's sister. "'She's all Amanda's got,' bolstered James.' Emily's last name? Parks. Emily Parks, replied James. Wright wrote that down. Okay, I'll follow up with her. Uh, How did Matt and Amanda seem? Things going okay? Wright jotted down a few notes, mainly at how undisturbed James appeared at the loss and that he couldn't tell why James wouldn't have immediately mentioned Emily as a contact. They were fine, I guess. James bit the skin around his thumbnail. I don't know. How should I know? You know of anyone who would want to hurt them? The two German shepherds yelped in the distance as the animal control officers tranquilized them. Without incident, the subdued dogs would be muzzled, caged at the truck, and driven away. No need to get upset, Wright said. What's going to happen to Shiloh and Rambo? The dogs. What's going to happen to the dogs? His watery eyes met Wright's. Matt loved those dogs. I'll give you the number for animal control so you can call in the morning. I'm sure if you want them, they will let you take them. So, my, my question... You know of anyone who would want to hurt Amanda and Matt. He noted the Morse code tattoo tracing James' veins from inner wrist to elbow. Nah, they mainly kept to themselves out here. James looked down in his hands, rubbing his palms together, Wright closed his notebook. All right, hang tight. I'm going to have a few words with the other officers and Emily. I'll I'll be back. Hey, you got a cigarette? Asked James. Sorry, no. (laughs) The front door banged shut, drawing Cindy's attention. Hey, Cindy. Right, there's some booties by the door. I'm back here, she called. It's okay to come through. He joined her in front of the photos, As he looked them over, he pointed toward the buddy in the PT uniform. He's the cousin, James, he said. Amanda's sister, Emily, said they were enlisted together. Amanda, she asked. Amanda's the woman under the trailer. And the other guy in this photo is Matt, her husband, he replied, pointing to Matt in the photo. Animal control has taken the dogs away, so you can get under there now." "'Okay, thanks,' said Cindy." "'You find an Xbox and some games lying around here?' They walked back into the family room. "'Yeah, there are a few games under the table, and the console is over here by the TV.' Donna picked up Call of Duty, Left 4 Dead, and a few movie titles all disks scratched from living long outside their cases. I'll dust them for prints, she said. And the controllers? Wright asked. One is over here, on top of the console. But I don't see another one, she replied. Okay, those will be important too. James says he was over here playing games with them. From the back door came the voice of the other officer. Hey Wright? The coroner's arrived, and ready to deal with the body back here. Okay, Wright responded. Come on, let's go. Outside, more bugs flitted against the globular light. Time seemed to stand still. That day would never come, and they would continue to exhaust themselves for nothing. The two would still be dead. The coroner was making notes about the body. Without looking up, he said, it's too difficult to work with the body in this position. We'll need to pull it out of the barrel to look it over. They took some pictures to document the scene. The coroner and the crew began the task of sliding thin plastic sheeting in around the body to try to keep it intact. They then awkwardly heaved it out of the barrel. As they pulled, something small but solid, banged against the inside of the drum. Wait, 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 said Wright. What's that? The crew stopped, holding the body in place while the corner fished around behind the body for the object. Finding a long black cord, he pulled it up and held the distinguishable Xbox game controller. He gently tugged, but it wouldn't come free. "'Looks like the guy's hands are tied with it,' said the coroner, placing the controller on the victim's belly. They continued to pull free the body and placed it on a body bag-covered stretcher. The parts that couldn't fit inside the barrel were stiff, and the others... Well, the heat just cooked this guy. The body is so heavily decomposed, face could be anyone's at this point. We'll need to verify via DNA or dental records.' said the coroner. How about a wedding band? Cindy asked. No, no wedding band, replied the coroner. But that doesn't say much, since if there was one, someone could have taken it as a souvenir. But right, there were four beers in progress, said Cindy. What if this isn't Matt? So maybe James is conveniently leaving someone out? asked Wright. As they zipped up the body bag, Jason appeared from the darkness, joining Cindy and Wright. Anything? asked Wright. No, no, nothing. I don't think these two were cooking meth. I couldn't find any additional buildings or trailers in the area. And that distinctive odor, it it just ain't here. I found a couple tree-mounted trail cameras around the trailer, which might have recorded something but no SD cards. Two alarm set trip lines, but nothing that would hurt anybody. You said this guy is ex-military? You know, maybe he just has PTSD issues or some kind, or worried about bears. All right, thanks Jason. As Jason disappeared once more into the darkness, Cindy put on her LED headlight and began crawling beneath the trailer. Amanda's feet were bare, her right leg bent at the knee, revealing her pink-painted toenails. Blood splatter clung to the bottom of the trailer, dried in various teardropped shapes and in an erupting pattern that traced back to the back of Amanda's head. Cindy's face mask suckered in and out with an attempt to quell the tight-cramped, space-confined panic that she sensed rising from each crawl towards the corpse. Her eyes searched; The beam followed, eventually locating the burrowed bullet. With difficulty, Cindy snapped a photo and dug it out of the bottom of the trailer. She moved around the body, bagging Amanda's hands for later inspection. They were immaculately pink-manicured with a single glittering rhinestone. Not a single nail was missing. Sweat began to bead uncomfortably about her eyes. Closing them, Cindy took a moment. The itch on her nose incessant. But she dared not touch her face. She listened to her breathing. started counting slowly in her mind and thought of the waves along the sandy beach back at her childhood home. Slowing her heart, she could begin again in the cramped confines with the dead. She moved closer, gently brushed Amanda's hair aside, and noted the single teardrop tattoo at the corner of her eye. Scooching backwards on her belly, Cindy pushed her way clear of the trailer. Just in clearing, she crouched slipped her index finger at the edge of her latex gloves and, one by one, flipped them inside out as she removed them. She then popped off her mask and drew in life. The air was fine. Breathe. It felt so good to finally wipe her face. stared down her bullet, so she either scuttled backwards or she climbed in head first, and had time to turn herself around, maybe waiting for whatever was happening above her to blow over, or maybe thinking she was far enough under, safely hidden in the dark, began Cindy. Could have been an unlucky sound of the dog collar that could have alerted her killer, said Officer Wright, She's got pristine nails and a solid teardrop tattoo at her right eye, commented Cindy. So no apparent struggle. Officer Wright made note, responding. The tattoo is usually a prison marking signifying killing someone. Maybe a sister? Emily, her name? Yeah, maybe she can help on that one. Remembering her headlight, she clicked it off and wadded it back up into her toolkit. Sorry, Wright. Didn't mean to blind you there. She smiled. There's one more thing here, said the coroner. There's a gun in the barrel. Cindy put on a fresh pair of gloves, trickier than the last pair as her sweaty fingers refused them. She then dove in, head first, to retrieve and bag the gun. Sealed, she handed it safely to Wright. It's a Beretta M9, the primary U.S. military sidearm, said Wright. Through the plastic bag, he clicked the safety on and wrote a note in Sharpie across the plastic with his initials. Common for soldiers to have an affinity for their service-issued equipment? Asked Cindy. Yeah, that's, that's possible replied Wright. The coroner and his crew began the removal of Amanda's body. Zipping up the black body bag, he called it a night at the scene. He would continue his work at the morgue. I'll check the house for the missing SD cards, and I passed a security camera on the way in, so I'll see if there's recorded security footage somewhere, said Cindy. Okay, replied Wright. I'll go talk with Emily a second time. Officer Kinsman, having taken names and statements from those gathered, he knew who to pull aside. Besides, there were only three people remaining. Emily, Emily's ride home, and James. Not a whole lot to choose from. She had waited until the last moment. Tears streaming down her face. She had watched the coroner pull open the back barn doors of the custom Ford Super Duty F-350 and slide Amanda's stretcher in beside the other. "'Emily, I'm sorry. Just a few more questions,' said Officer Wright. Tired, he still maintained his patient, calming professionalism as she pulled herself together. She dabbed her reddened eyes with her sleeve and choked back more tears. Yeah, sure, she said, and lit a cigarette. Marlboro, one more time. I know you provided this to me earlier, but I want to make sure I've got all the details written down correctly before you leave. Emily nodded. Amanda has a tattoo near her right eye. What is the significance of this? Two years ago, she had that done. A daily reminder of her baby, her little girl. She was two months pregnant and in a tight spot at the time, said Emily. I was there with her when she decided to get rid of it. I'm sorry to hear that, responded Wright. What do you mean, tight spot? Asshole X left her. He kicked her out of the military housing, so she ended up on my sofa Eighteen, no job, no nothing, and pregnant? Yeah, she had a hard time of it. Emily took a deep drag and blew smoke up into the air above her. She kept looking at herself as some murderer. Matt, her husband, connected with her sadness. Yeah, they just fed on each other's sadness. Who is the ex? asked Wright, taking down some more notes. Taylor, she had a tough time getting over him, so yeah, Matt, another military fuck-up. Quick engagement, you know how that goes, right, when you're haunted by someone. You mentioned before that they were happy together. Were they, or weren't they? He asked. From the outside looking in, I'd, I'd say they were two lightning bugs in a jar. It's just a matter of time before the air runs out. Unjudging and silent on the matter, Wright didn't respond. Moving on to his next question. That last call you had with her on Saturday, are you sure there wasn't anything unusual? Like I said, she just called to say hi. Nothing really. James was in town on leave and was going to hang out, play Xbox. So earlier today, you found the bodies." No, you didn't write that down right. I had gone to Costco and thought I'd drop by some of the chicken I picked up. I was just there on the drive when James came up from around back, put his arm around me, and told me not to go any nearer. He was already on the phone with the dispatcher. Do you know if Matt had a gun in the house? I think so. I would be surprised if he didn't. He came back a little messed in the head. Would get all keyed up over nothing. Drink much? Yeah. And it would sometimes make things worse. Twice Amanda's come over to my place, unexpected. Well, she'll never have to go through that again. Thanks, Emily. You've been very helpful. This is my card. If you think of anything else you think I should know about, call me. Wright closed the notepad, stuffed it and the pencil into his coat pocket, and handed her his white business card with Elkin County Sheriff's Department written beside a gold-embossed star. Cindy had done a sweep of the back bedroom and bathroom, but when she didn't see any signs of struggle or obvious blood stains, she had performed a luminal blood test just in case, which yielded nothing. She now re-entered the small 8x11 master bedroom with lemon walls and thin pink curtains. It was big enough for one double-sized bed with an L-shaped walkway around it to get to the closet. Dirty clothes piled high at the foot of the bed, which blocked the tracks of the closet sliding door. The large five-blade fan protruding from the center of the room squashed whatever feeling of space the room might have had. The tulip-frosted globes were the finishing touch. She moved the clothes pile out from in front of the closet door. Olive drab t-shirts pink panties, a month's supply of black Hanes crew socks woven into the haystack, all stale and reeking of old sex and sweat. Opening the door, she parted the few hanging clothes to get at the back space where perhaps a DVR had been. Black security cables with red-white AV jacks dangled with duct tape along the back wall. Enough cabling for at least two wall-mounted cameras, like the one she had spied at the front porch on her way in. Officer Wright returned to the open patrol car. James slept curled up in the back seat, kicking his shoes Wright prodded him awake. Hey, yeah, sorry. James groggily sat upright, yawned and pinched the corners of his eyes. James, you know anything about some SD cards? SD cards? No, why? He asked coolly. Mind showing me what you have in your pockets? No, not at all irritated. James complied all the same. Standing, he reversed his jean pockets and held out his wallet, the cell phone in front of him. Satisfied? Out, ordered Wright. James complied, leaning against the car, Wright passed the light across the back seat and flooring. Nothing. James sat down again. Seriously, man, I got nothing to hide. Where are your keys? Asked Wright. James, angered, glared from behind his blue eyes. Said nothing. Who was here again that night? James looked away and back again. Matt, Amanda, me, and my buddy Taylor. Jeez, you guys never listen. We were all drinking and playing Call of Duty. I told you that. Who's Taylor? I told you, the first time around. He's just a buddy from my unit. We're all on leave together, no big deal. Why didn't you mention Taylor before? asked Wright. I did mention him. Satisfied, Cindy made her way back toward the kitchen. To the left of the fridge, on the countertop, was a bag of chips and a glass bowl of salsa, which she had dusted for prints. But then there was a thin dish towel. She had missed it. She missed the dish towel. She moved it to the other side of the sink, uncovering a set of keys and three 32 gigabyte black SD cards. She was frustrated with herself, but with the redirection to look for the Xbox controllers, anyone could lose their train of thought at 4 a.m. This is one of the reasons she kept advocating for two analysts at a scene, but the department never seemed to have enough funds to support the idea. Cindy bagged and sealed the keys and the SD cards and headed for the back door. Wright flipped back through his notes. You said Matt, Amanda, and me, no Taylor. Fuck, man. Taylor's got just a few days left. We've got a report for duty on Thursday. I figured I'd spare him this circus. What did you just say? I, I, um... Panicking, James kicked Wright in the knee. Run! yelled James. He nearly folded him, but Wright propped himself up against the open door and drew his Glock. Wright wasn't about to let James get free of the car. I recommend you think this through. As she left the trailer, a pair of boots slid over the back edge of the roof. Scraping and clattering, the body followed, landing on her, shoving her to the ground. In a flash, she noticed the black, inky footprint lurking at the edge of the globe's radiance. It looked about shoulder high and had just blended in with the rest of the trailer's well-aged patina. The clue to the murderer's whereabouts had been there all along. A new perspective from the ground, apparently, was all that was needed to find it. As the murderer scrambled to get up, Cindy caught a glimpse of his face and yelled, "'Kinsman, it's Matt!' Matt went to kick her in the stomach, but she rolled and, like an angry cat, grabbed his jutting foot and pulled him off balance. She then rolled towards the trailer and slithered underneath into the cool stillness of Amanda's tomb. You fucking bitch, seethed Matt, lunging after her and missed. You and that fucking bastard's baby. I'll kill you, Amanda. "'Matt, I'm Cindy Pruitt with Elkin PD. "'Please cooperate with the authorities.' "'Cindy pushed herself deeper into the darkness. "'It's his, isn't it?' "'He searched around for anything he could use as a weapon. "'Taylor's. It's his baby, isn't it?' "'Tears began streaming down his face. "'You love him. You still love him. I know you do.' "'Matt, you're just a little confused.' Amanda's not here, and she's not pregnant, replied Cindy. Your memories are playing tricks on you. Her voice was rock steady, even as her stomach felt it would hurl. Matt, you know this. Amanda's dead. Cindy could hear Matt moving around the back of the trailer. He searched the bottom of the burn barrel as if the police had never come, and he prayed the gun was still there so he could kill her all over Mm -hmm. again. I see the way you've been looking at him all night. It's his, isn't it? He wound himself into a frenzy, punching the side of the trailer as he came to the conclusion that the only way to get her would be to climb in after her. Matt could see the memory so clearly. The blaring TV paused at a cutscene as they drank one more round, Amanda sulking in the kitchen most of the night and when Taylor joined her, the familiarity in which he caressed her hips, stealing a secret moment when he thought Matt wasn't looking. It aggravated the jealousy swirling in the pit of Matt's stomach, and even though Amanda had aggressively declined the advancement, Matt took another bong hit and then forcibly yanked his Beretta from the sofa cushions. Defeated and returning to play once more, Taylor picked up the game controller and sat cross-legged on the floor. That's when Matt pistol-whipped him, knocking Taylor unconscious and calling to Amanda to get a garbage bag. Like they were suddenly in a scene from Reservoir Dogs, and they'd bag the head for less mess, but then the back door slammed. James' mouth moved in silent, exaggerated motions, trying to talk Matt down, but blam! Blinking, Matt cleared the memory, his rational self realizing he couldn't take any of this back. Well, one to the head and he's dead, baby doll, he said dejectedly. Cindy turned to face him while backing her way across the fine dirt towards the front steps not too dissimilar from Amanda's movements. As she did, Amanda's blood clung to her hands and clothes in desperation, the panic Amanda must have felt in being discovered. These two women became one as they tried to accept what might come next, like the last emotion Amanda felt in the coolness of the earth. In a military leopard crawl, Matt writhed towards her, and in the moment that their eyes met, His face went loose in the realization that it wasn't Amanda hiding in the dark. That perhaps it wasn't Saturday night after all. And where, where has he been all this time? The confusion overtook him. Who are you? Blood smeared across the back of his clothes as he recoiled from the bloody pool before him. He choked and sobbed. Closing his eyes, he saw Amanda staring back at him. Blank, emotionless, dead. Please don't, Matt, you're... She had cried with him. But blam. Well, one to the head and you're dead, baby doll. He swallowed hard and went limp as Kinsman forcibly dragged him out by his feet, cuffed him. If you liked today's recording, please like and favorite us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us at coffeecontrails.com. Thanks.